It's time to pull those belts tight, race fans. The Front Stretch is coming at you. Presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Now, here's Dan Taylor and Dirk Houston. Welcome to the Front Stretch Race Fans, presented by Joe's Karting and Council Bluffs. Online at joeskarting.com. Fast-paced white-knuckle racing. Just cross the river on 23rd Avenue. Get over to Joe's Karting today. Do yourself right with a little indoor kart racing and uh, Dirk, I, I want to start off the show by saying thanks to everybody at US 30 Speedway for inviting me over to the Abe Lincoln Memorial. Had a great time Friday night in the booth with Anthony Ainsley. Unfortunately, Saturday didn't happen because of a freak storm that rolled in and uh, kind of shut down a lot of things that happened in the area on, on uh, Saturday. Uh, it seemed to have hit US 31st, and um, I think they got like two and a half inches of rain in about an hour and a half and uh, very little sunshine or wind. So uh, Saturday's portion of the Abe Lincoln was at that time postponed, but since has been canceled due to the fact that it sounds like the only time they'd be able to make it up and make it an IMCA points paying event. Well, I guess I shouldn't even say that because US 30 was working with IMCA to reschedule it. And I think I've uh, that the IMCA points season concludes uh, this Saturday. So uh, I think they were more just working with them to not uh, schedule over the top of anybody. And they ended up, I think that the post said they were going to schedule over the top of I-80 Speedway for the Cornhusker Classic, and they didn't want to do that. So night number two of the Abe Lincoln is canceled for the year. Well, they could have tried to run it on a midweek deal, run it a Tuesday or a Wednesday or something like that. But I just think he knows he wouldn't have got got the cars back and stuff like that midweek. So. Good car count on Friday night. I think there was 108 cars amongst four classes, hobby stock, stock cars, sport mods, and sprit cars. Uh, it was a fun night of racing, and I uh, really appreciate everybody at US 30 uh, opening up uh, and being uh, cool fans and having a good time. So got to yeah. sit in the pits and talk for a little while afterwards before the rain came. Yeah. Unfortunately, it wasn't really a, a freak um, storm because, I mean, they were predicting it for like three days. and it Oh, went- were they? It wiped out the eastern half of Nebraska for anything that was going on. I mean, it got Fairbury and whatnot, you know, Thayer County and mm-hmm. and all that stuff on Saturday. Um, I do think Corning ran. Um, they ran on Friday, but ended up canceling Saturday. Oh, okay. So they only got one night in, too. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just what I saw all over the place. Um, I... Uh, didn't really read a whole lot to see if Eagle got their monster truck showing or not. I didn't know how much rain those guys would, would run in or how much they'd tear up their jumps and stuff with it being wet. But um, yeah, uh, I mean, it I, they, Knoxville on Saturday night. I didn't see anything about Eagle getting canceled on Saturday or Sunday. In fact, I saw uh, Snapchats of people out there. Yeah. So, well, then they got theirs in and the rain wasn't a big deal for them, but I do know. Yeah. It was a pretty good rain. I mean, rain here in North Omaha, I know that. And uh, like I said, it got over to Knoxville. and They had yeah, a bunch through. more rain Saturday night. And well, and lightning, too. Because where, where was the, the Iowa Hawkeye game was was in Iowa, right? Iowa City, yeah. yeah. That was at Kinnick Stadium. And they, they had to stop play three times for lightning. And... Uh, Knoxville just elected to reschedule for the next day, and uh, they got the races in finally uh, Sunday afternoon. 
Yeah, they got half the races in. Let's put it that way. Oh yeah, because they canceled half the A feature for the Lucas Oil late models, didn't they? Well, what they did, um, there they had a a new schedule out by about three o'clock Saturday for Sunday, and they cut the uh, Lucas cars down to seventy five laps. I don't remember if they messed with the B features or not. They cut the SLMR down to twenty two laps and took away their heat races. Oh, geez. Um, and then evidently during hot laps, um, the Lucas cars were just tearing the tires up. So then they went ahead and cut the race to 50 laps. Yeah. So, I mean, I knew once they cut it to 75, that was going to save them a good half hour because they were going to skip the fuel stop and obviously 25 laps of race. And if they go green 25 laps, that's only about seven minutes of race in there. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess the track with the, uh, you know, starting, they started hot laps or were supposed to start hot laps at like three in the afternoon. Um, I guess it really dried out and was just torturing the tires. So, uh, and I saw Jonathan Davenport ended up winning the Lucas Oil late model portion of that race. And Jesse sobbing ended up winning the super late model series portion of that race. So yeah. Um, Davenport had a last lap pass and, uh, Kyle Burke was leading. And it led from the pole of the SLMR race and cut a tire down with about five laps to go and went in the wall. Uh, should we recap the NASCAR race or uh, do the headlines first? Uh, let's, we're recapping racing, so let's just keep on that and go ahead and uh, recap Knoxville. It was recap Knoxville or Bristol? Or Bristol, I mean, excuse okay. me. It was a bit of an interesting race. A lot of teams frustrated. Martin Trex Jr., uh, I can't even begin to list the number of drivers. Break issues for Martin Trex Jr., sideline him. I believe Kevin Harvick had the same issue. Um, Martin Trex Jr. ended up finishing last in the field after only completing 198 laps. Uh, Ty Gibbs and Bubba Wallace all retired with uh, break issues. Kyle Busch blew an engine. Again, um, again, yeah, two engines in three races. Um, that's not the uh, recipe for moving on to the next round. Well, you, th you think he got that recipe from Toyota, maybe? Do you really think Toyota gave him a bad engine? I, I don't know. I mean, they got six cars, and between the six of them, three races apiece. So they ran 18 races, and only two two engines blew up with the same guy. I, it, it's too much coincidence for me personally. That, that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, I could see that, I guess that, that with that statistic, yeah, I could see that, but I don't think Toyota ever gave, uh, I, could have been JGR. Could have been JGR. Well, but they don't even know these engines. They're locked down when they get them. They, they get them. them. They're so random. They tune them. That's all it would take. A little bit of tuning. Well, JGR had a chance to keep Kyle Busch. He even said it himself. So if they sabotaged him, they they did the stupidest thing in racing, which was give up an opportunity to win a Cup Series championship for oh, spite. I, I agree. Is it, a, is it a conspiracy theory? That's what it is, a theory. I just think it's too odd yeah. to have the two engines blow up in three races, you know, out of the 18 possible attempts with the six different cars. Yeah. Yeah. I hear it, you. you know, that, that, 
you know, if it, it happened once and it was odd enough and it happened on the, the first time at Darlington, that's what's even worse. And I didn't see what happened the other night. So. Oh, she was, uh, she just gave up. And then when it, when he pulled it into the pits and parked it and got out and, and did his media obligations, it was spitting. What did uh, Steve Latart said? They call it you who it, it was just this, this brown sludge. It was obviously a antifreeze oil mixture. Right. Yeah. That would have been an antifreeze oil mixture. Exactly. So, well, engine coolant, whether they were running any type oh, of yeah. antifreeze, right. water or whatever, but right. yeah, whatever the, they were using for a coolant. So uh, bad days for Ryan Blaney, a bad day again for Ryan Blaney. He uh, hit the wall early with a flat tire and then he broke something in the rear end. You got to go back and watch the way that car reacted for about five laps. If you haven't seen it yet, it was so odd. I've never seen a cup series car drive like that. I mean, it basically got to the point where it was sitting down so much in the rear end that the front brakes wouldn't stop the car. They were just locked up going into the corner and eventually NASCAR black flagged him for not making minimum speed. He went uh, behind the wall. They made changes and came back out he was able to recover to a 30th place finish 162 laps down. So bad day for him, but he was still able to move on, uh, just barely getting by, I think by maybe a couple of points. Uh, Alex Bowman also had a bad day. Kyle Busch, we talked about. Uh, Austin Dillon, who's in the play, was in the playoffs, had a bad day. Bubba Wallace, Joey Logano finished 27th. Tyler Reddick finished 25th. All of these guys had issues. It was, there was blown tires, issues with the brake calipers uh, locking up randomly, and then eventually just completely giving out. Uh, I think it was mostly Toyotas that was having blown issue, blown tire issues. No, it would have been Fords having blown tire issues. Um, and they were right on it. The broadcast team was right on it saying, well, this, this could be a setup issue. That Goodyear says no less than 10 pounds when you start the car. And, and they found that eight pounds worked really well for them in practice. So they went with eight and all of a sudden in competition, it's wearing too much on the tire early on, and then they're blowing. And it was right about 40 to 50 laps is when they started having issues. Well, normally the air pressure would, would if it was going to be an issue, would happen a lot sooner. Normally, if they're getting that much wear on the tire, it's usually a, an actual alignment issue, um, you know, with too much camber, usually yeah. being the culprit. And it's been that way a long time. And, and Goodyear, again, sets out specifics. And at some tracks, NASCAR even sets a specific number. And those are usually your high-speed mile and a half, Texas, Charlotte, et cetera, um, where they worry about it because the accident, you know, could be so serious, you know, at such a high speed. They don't worry about that quite that much at Bristol, even though you're still going about 40, you know. Mm -hmm. but, uh, and that's not 190, so... Uh, good days. Chris Buescher makes it three non-playoff drivers winning in the first round. Uh, he ends up leading 169 laps two different times. RFK was really kind of on their game finally. Uh, his teammate and car owner, uh, Brad Keselowski, led 109 laps uh, two different times and actually won stage one. So both RFK cars looked uh, really good at Bristol. Yeah, I, I saw that Brad had led some laps. Um, uh, but Brad's had a lot of previous luck at Bristol, so mm -hmm. it's not like it's something unusual for him. I don't remember Busher being, uh, particularly good at Bristol. 
but uh, he had enough to get the job done. So, And I believe that was his second Cup Series win, second career Cup Series win. I don't remember where the first one came. Um, the first one came, if I'm not mistaken, at a rain-shortened Pocono, but I'm not positive on that. All right, I'll look that up as we're talking just to be able to get that correct. Um, Chase Elliott, second. William Byron, third. Christopher Bell, fourth. And Kyle Larson recovered for a top five. Him and Christopher Bell made some pretty hard contact late in the race, but Kyle was able to recover and get a top five finish. Ross Chastain, A.J. Allmendinger, Cole Custer, Denny Hamlin, and Kevin Harvick all with uh, top ten finishes. Kevin Harvick, good run for him. He had a good, strong car, but he was pretty much had to win they could have ran some strategy of trying to win both stages and have a good finish but what being 30 points out it was going to be difficult well he could have tried uh the busher strategy and just taken the two tires on that last pit stop because he he went in into the pits i think in fourth i think it was christopher bell kyle larson um i don't remember who the other third driver was and then harvick but all those guys took four tires so Harvick I think restarted 10th or 11th and there just nothing happened the last 40 laps except for Kyle Larson moving forward he moved well I should say he moved forward about three spots then he had that tangent with Christopher Bell and, and Christopher Bell moved forward three or four spots but those are the only two cars really did anything Denny Hamlin ran around in front of Harvick the last 40 laps I think Cole Custer was in front of those two but yeah they were just everybody just ran around except those two cars that moved up uh, and just to follow up on that, yeah, it was Pocono 2016, originally scheduled to run on July 31st, ended up getting delayed to Monday, August 1st, and only completed 138 of the 160 scheduled laps. Hmm, that was exactly right. Well, you didn't get the date right. I didn't tell you a date, so I didn't miss it either. <laughs> if I was guessing a date, I would have said 16 or 17. All right, so that pretty much does it. Kyle Busch. Kevin Harvick, Austin Dillon, Kyle Busch, and Tyler Reddick were all eliminated from the playoffs. Each one of them had issues. And um, where is my note of, see, you had Dylan, Blaney, Suarez, and Cindric getting eliminated. I had Dylan, Bowman, Cindric, and Harvick. Um, we each had two, right? No, you had no, one, I, I had, had two. One. Yeah, I only had one. Um, the fact that three people that probably should have gone in my opinion, I still think Harvick, Bush, and Reddick would have probably got into the top eight. Mm -hmm. But you know, it's it was it's just been a weird year. You know, it's the first time Kyle Bush didn't get past the first round. Yeah, you know, and uh, probably Kevin Harvick too. Um, I didn't I didn't see an article about that. I the only reason I know that's because I saw an article on Kyle Bush about it, but uh, um, it didn't mention Harvick. So you know, but I. It wouldn't surprise me if it's the first time he didn't, you know, there for hell for several years, both of those guys were in the final four. Yeah. I mean, Bush and Harvick probably in the final four, 75% of the time or better, you know, and Daniel Suarez was, was extremely lucky to move on. Yeah. Harvick would be the same way since being with Stuart Haas racing his worst points finish is uh eight yeah yeah so so in the well maybe one of his last couple of years or something with richard childress maybe he had an issue and went out early 
But, yeah, I, I guess I didn't look back there before I, I closed that article. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, you know, we both pretty much figured as much. Yeah. He's been pretty solid since moving over to Stuart Haas Racing. Oh, um, yeah. Kevin Harvick says Stuart Haas Racing should have done more to pursue Kyle Busch and been more aggressive about it, says that he would be 100% open to having Kyle Busch as a teammate. I don't know about this statement. I, I mean, it's Kevin isn't in the inner workings and I'm sure Tony and those at Stuart Haas racing tried to put something together and couldn't, you know, he, what did he say about uh, Kyle Larson said he wanted to try to get Kyle Larson to come over there, but Ford kind of said no, or didn't put together the funding or whatever. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and we talked about that a year ago when Larson ended up over at Hendrick that Chevy fired him mm-hmm. and he ends up in a Chevy and wins the title, you know. Yeah. Um, uh, when Eric Almarola said he was going to come back and race some more and Smithfield said they'll be back to that kind of sealed Kyle Busch's fate at Stuart Haas. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we've talked at length about the fact that I don't think neither one of us seem to care too much when a guy announces his retirement and then, you know, eight, nine months later says, ah, I'm changing my mind. I'm going to run another 27 seasons as long as they keep giving me free bacon. (laughs) I sure would. Uh, Speaking of Kyle Larson, he has signed a contract extension with Hendrick Motorsports through the 2026 race season. Uh, Statements were all excited, happy, yada, yada, yada. Good move there. Well, yeah, and... uh, Hendrick cars went ahead and signed on as the primary sponsor, I think for their full tour also. So, mm. you know, they might've signed a, a two year deal or something, but I'm pretty sure they signed as long as Larson's in the driver's seat. So that is pretty much all I have for uh, news and notes and in uh, race recaps. I don't, I don't have anything else. You got anything else? Yeah, no, there wasn't a whole lot of anything. This weekend is the Tiny Lund at Shelby County Speedway. Uh, I'm hoping to get down there on Saturday. Looks like it's going to be beautiful weather on Saturday. A little chilly on Friday, but uh, we'll talk more about that on Thursday. And still to come, Lenny Tucker from Park Jefferson Speedway is going to join us in turn number two. Been a little bit of a redesign and acquisition of that racetrack. So we'll talk with Lenny about what everything they have going on. If there's anything coming up for the rest of the year, or if they're just getting ready for next season, I know they've got a open practice scheduled for this Wednesday, the 21st. So we'll talk to Lenny more about that. In the meantime, Dirk and I are going to take a break. We'll be back with Lenny Tucker in turn number two. Hey, look at that. You're sitting on your couch playing Halo, Madden, or NASCAR while your friends are at Joe's Karting. Each lap is an adrenaline-filled, heart-pumping, white-knuckle experience that you can only get at the Metro's largest indoor karting track. Eco-friendly Honda engines rip you around their professionally designed road course at breakneck speeds. Can you reach the 14-second lap bracket? There's only one way to find out. Put the controller down and get to Joe's Karting, 23rd Avenue in Council Bluffs next to Quaker Steak and Lube. Hey guys, Dan Taylor with Tailored Computers and Repair. I've been talking about a hard drive upgrade on the podcast for quite a long time, and here's a little more detail behind it. Older laptops, older computers, maybe four or five years old, the hard drives that came with them just simply were not built for Windows 10. 
A new hard drive from Taylor Computers in Repair will breathe brand new life into your laptop and computer. Not only will it make it faster, but it will make your laptop battery last longer and it will run cooler, which will also help the battery last a lot longer. Not only does your computer or laptop get even faster, but all of your files, settings, pictures, everything is exactly where you left it. Within about a day, maybe two days, you're gonna get your same computer back but it's gonna run faster, cooler, and the battery's gonna last longer on laptops. Give me a call today, 402-659-5641. Find out what a hard drive upgrade can do for your computer and get some valuable time back. We're hooked up in turn two and still showing the green flag on the front stretch. Welcome back to the front stretch, rolling into turn number two, presented by Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch and Dirk, I did end up sitting down with Chris Morris earlier uh, last week, and we finally had a conversation about this pallet of bush light that's available. Uh, it's really easy. It's $30 for one ticket, $50 for two tickets. And there's, to my understanding, not a lot of people that have signed up for this thing. So if you go down and buy yourself a ticket to win a pallet of bush light, you get a really good chance of winning this thing. And I well, also asked him, I said, so... What's the what's the method of, of acquiring the palette of beer? And he goes, well, we'd really like it if they took it all at once, but we can work out measures to where if they need to pick up a certain amount each month, that's fine. Yeah, well, that's uh, somebody, they, they made a post on Facebook just earlier today, and that, that's exactly what I asked. So how is this, how is the disbursement? You know, is it a 30-pack a, a week for a year? I mean, is it all at once? And they wrote back and they said, far as we know it's all at once <laughs> and i'm going well somebody's going to get really drunk yeah and then there's going to be a lot of rotten beer or they're going to have one hell of a party to throw that's what i was thinking i'd like to win that and then just drop it off at ied speedway for the corn husker classic but i'm not gonna i'm not gonna fit many cases of beer in my car actually i know how many i can fit it's just not 96 and that's the total number of cases you can win at quaker steak and lube the official watering hole of the front stretch but you got to get down there. I think you've got like a week or two left. It's going to end on the final classic car cruise in which I need to double check the Facebook page. I'll let you guys know at the end of this interview if it's the 22nd or the 29th. So time's running out. Get down to Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the front stretch, and uh, get registered to uh, buy your tickets to win a pallet of beer. Joining now, us on it, the show. Go before ahead. Before we move on, is that 30 packs or is it cases? I mean, it's 96 packs 96 i mean they're 24 packs or 30 packs i did not clarify that with uh with chris because the picture the picture looks like cubes and i mean it sounds like you got six rows high of four by four that would be 96 so yeah but still a lot of bear Yes, it is. All right. Joining us on the show now, the marketing director for Park Jefferson Speedway, Lenny Tucker. Lenny, thanks a lot for uh, putting up with all my messages and, and getting the interview scheduled to join us. Oh, thanks for having us on here. Uh, pretty excited about this. And, you know, I don't need 96 cans of beer. You just want to send me 30. I'd be happy. <laughs> we'll work out a deal. <laughs> Not 96 cans. It's 96 30 packs. <laughs> right. well, I can adjust that. We'll take instead of 96 30 packs, I'll just take a 30 pack. All right. <laughs> so if someone wins that and they want to donate some up to Rusty Wheels, I'm all about it. So they got, got it. a whole somebody's got 96 friends, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of like when you win the lottery, right? Right. Everybody's your buddy. 
so the news came out late last week that uh, Park Jefferson Speedway had been purchased by a new group. And I believe the Adamson family is uh, has kind of stepped away and, and is uh, set to kind of ride off into the sunset as now, now a new ownership group has taken over. Yeah, um, Wayne Becker, um, him and his wife, Amy Becker, they uh, they purchased the racetrack and, uh, you know, and, and we've watched Park get um, through the years, me being a very loyal fan of racing up here. I've watched Park get sold and I got the new owners come in and, and Adam, uh, a really good friend of mine through time. And, but most of them come through with these big dreams, I call them, of what they want to do with Park Jefferson. And, and uh, me and Wayne are buddies and really good friends. And when Wayne said, hey, I'm doing this. I'm going to shorten the track. Uh, I was kind of like a little hesitant in my brain. I was like, yeah, I've heard this before. Um, you know, I've heard all these great ideas people have and it kind of fizzled out, you know, and, and uh, no, he, he already shortened the track up. I sent you some videos of it. Uh, we're going to have a test in tune tomorrow. Uh, excuse me, Wednesday. We got uh, a lot of it already done and I can't believe the discrimination and the drive he has to make Park Jefferson uh, that facility again. You know, we used to be one of the premier facilities and, and uh, we watched it kind of fizzle out. So uh, I'm glad to see Wayne uh, and his wife and all the effort they're putting into it already. Have you had a chance to talk to Wayne about the inspiration behind shortening it? I mean, it seems to kind of be moving in that direction, but was did he run shorter tracks that he's had success at that he wants to try to duplicate? Or was it just kind of the way, like I said, things have been moving in that direction. So you guys got to get on the train or get run over. Well, it's kind of one of those things where the back in the day, Park Jefferson, you know, uh, us poor uh, racers couldn't race on it because took a big it took a big motor and all that to be successful out there because because what it was and Butch Morgan does a great job out there uh, with that um, track prep. So uh, when Wayne was talking about buying it, one of his things was if we shorten it up, um, keep it swoopy, shorten it up, do it right, we're gonna have better racing, and that's what it's all about is. Uh, He's just all about better racing, a better show, a better product. So you guys have decided to shorten the racetrack a little bit. Uh, I'm sorry if I missed it. Is it now a third mile? Yep, that's what uh, that's what they're calling it. Um, tomorrow I'm gonna walk it out with one of those little fancy wheels and uh, see if I uh, how close we are to being a third mile or you know the exact measurement of it. So it's uh, it came out nice. It's a real scoopy track. Uh, tomorrow I can, I'll send you some more videos of it. I'm going to take my uh, hobby stock out there and uh, try it out with some different gears and see what gears we can suggest people to run. And yeah, it's a, uh, it's definitely a, a fast track because you don't have to shut it down. It's, it's really, it's really swoopy and it's, should put some good racing out there. Uh, you are right. I mean, in, in that track's heyday, it was a, a big motor track because I worked a lot of Bush All-Star Tour races up there and even subbed for old Russ up there working some weekly shows over the years back. Uh, oh, who promoted the track back then or managed it? Uh, Evan Schoenfeld? Yep. yep, yep. Yeah, back when Evan had the show. And then I was lucky enough to work for that crazy conglomerate of people that had the track in 2011. <laughs> they they all had big ideas, too. That was the year they lost the liquor license after like two nights of racing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. oh that didn't go. That can't have gone over well. Oh, they just they also dug up. Cool and they also dug up the, the the grass area, which used just to be like a beautiful uh, manicure. I mean, it was just as good as a golf course lawn. And they dug it up to put a, a motocross track in there. Yep. And 
it, I think it ran, uh, they ran one bike on it ever. Yeah, well, that was that was also the year um, of the flood because I know driving up from Omaha, I had all kinds of routes that I had to take at different times to get up there. And I think we rained out, if I remember right, six of the first seven weeks. Yeah, I can't make money of that with that. That's a that's tough when in a racing business, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, but so is just having the right paperwork on your liquor license. <laughs> yeah, and uh, following the rules to it. Yeah, it was. I don't think they had a problem with the rules. It's just one of the, uh, I don't know, the investors, the members of their investing club or whoever the hell put this thing together was from like New Mexico. But he had some, uh, uh, he had something on his record that wasn't good in South Dakota. It was okay in Mexico because he owned a bar down there. But when they applied and he got the liquor license up in South Dakota, since his name was on it, he couldn't be on it. So, yeah. It was a disaster. You got to sell that. You got to sell, be able to sell, uh, you know, in, in today's society with racing, you got to be able to sell everything we can to, from advertisement to the flags to, you know, booze to, to make it a, a venture worth doing, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the uh, concessions is a big deal in, uh, in making money at a racetrack. Yeah. It's a, it's a tough deal. And uh, we got, uh, we've been working, I've been working with Pease Pizza uh, up here in the dunes and they're going to, uh do uh pizza on the iron cup which is the 15th of october which is coming up so uh we're gonna do that we'll have a practice a play day session on the 14th but uh and uh, mr pease is gonna they want to do some stuff with us next year and um they're gonna do uh some pizza up here for us this year and uh have sponsor stuff and they want to be part of our car show we're gonna we do next year and so there uh it's nice to see uh we got i state um trucking on board again it's nice to see uh uh, some of the people that we kind of lost through time, uh, through some of the issues and stuff, and Adam did a great job bringing them back and and seeing them support Wayne and want to get back on board uh, to be a part of it. So it's it, it is working out in the pretty good. And you put a dozer out by a racetrack or a big backhoe out by a racetrack, and it's amazing how many people want to stop and be your friend and know what you're doing. So <laughs> we've had a lot of attention this last two weeks. <laughs> Well, that's awesome. That also feels like there is some excitement behind it that people are, are ready to get back into helping Park Jefferson Speedway. And, you know, I, I also uh, work across the street at the uh, Raceway Park and, and uh, Park Jefferson and I race. I, I love racing. And, and just to see some of the local people come back together and say, listen, this is a great idea. This guy and he's actually doing something. You know, a lot of people kind of were skeptical like I was at first. And, you know, like I said, I was an I'm an Adam friend. I'm Adam Adams's friend. I'm I'm Wayne's friend. And when I heard all he wanted to do, I actually was like, Wayne, listen, before you get out here and say all this, you might want to build a timeline. Like I'm going to do this this year, you know, over time. Because, you know, that conglomerate of people that ran the track back in 2011, they promised a lot of stuff that didn't happen. And, and because of it, you know, there, there was been a bad taste, you know, and, and when Wayne said, no, I'm doing this stuff. And I was like, all right, well, I support you. I'm, I'm on board. I'm hundred percent. And all of a sudden he, uh, the day after he, like he closed, we did a walkthrough with him and uh, kind of like, this is yours and this is what's not and all that. And then all of a sudden I drive by there and there's a big scraper out there. There's stuff. He calls me up to make some lines in the ground for him. And, and uh, we do all that. And it's like, Oh, he's ready to dig. Like he wasn't waiting. He's not playing. He's putting a campground in. He's already started to dig the pond. He uh, has the campground all laid out already uh, surveyed out. So 
I mean, he has a lot of big plans, but you know, he's falling through with them and he's, he's doing it. And he's, um, if anything, he's, he's definitely going to make his um, investment better just because of what he's doing. So I'm looking at the picture on Facebook of the new sneak peek for the campgrounds. And I saw the blue area and I was going to make a joke that it was going to be a pool, but it is going to be a pond. Yes, it is a pond. So back in the day, Lake Jefferson used to be the joke. Cause I used to always fall off into the track, you know, off a of four, I'd fall in the water back there and we call it Lake Jefferson. Well, I would actually put in the Lake Jefferson in there. So I'm going to probably have to just drive a car into it once to see what it feels like again. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it sounds like he's, uh, you know, got his ducks in a row. And what's even more important in this day and age, it sounds like he's got his funding in a row. That's a, that's a big thing with him. He has a uh, Premier Industries, which is a big, uh, does a lot of stuff with, uh, like, elevators and co-ops and stuff like that and he, that he does. And he's always busy there. So when he wanted to buy this, I was like, you know, are you going to have the time? Or, we, we, you know, and he asked me the same question. He's like, Lenny, you're always busy, too. Are you going to have the time? to really like, let's get this together. And then me and Wayne work well, well together. And so it's working out pretty good. And you know, the, the best part about it is it's all fresh. You know, you don't out with the old and with the new out with the, you know, the, the empty promises from that conglomerate or whatever, because people still talk about that. Like, you oh, know, we're still on a go-kart track somewhere, you know? Yeah. I mean, I had heard that, you know, a lot of drivers and whatnot didn't get paid. And I thought the whole deal was kind of goofy from the start. And I'd been working. I mean, I started, clear back in the late 80s working at old sunset speedway so i had a lot of years involved and some of the stuff i was seeing was like this kind of crazy so when it came negotiation time i said i'm getting paid at the end of the night every week yeah and that's, and that's so what adam had to do to, to to bring up the car count is adam just had to agree that he's gonna start paying them nightly because people were so like ah, uneasy about it that leery they were like yeah, they didn't want to. They didn't want to walk away without something, without their monetary value back because the drivers are the show, and if we don't pay them, they don't come back. And we all know if you don't have enough cars, you know you ain't putting on a good show. People won't be in the stands. So it was a, uh, it was definitely nerve wracking and all that. And when Adam had it, so it's one of the things me and Wayne have talked about is, you know what, we we got the car count back up because of it. I don't think we change it. I think we stick to getting paid the same night. Uh, pay the drivers the same night. We pay them cash. Um, that way they don't have to worry about a check. They don't have to worry about bad checks. They don't have to worry about all that stuff that happened in the past that Adam worked so hard to get out of that part. You know, like, like, you know, everyone thought Adam was a part of that whole, that whole ordeal. And so it was so hard for them to get park to be as good as it was. And I mean, we did a lot of work to, you know, on the driver's side and the PR side of it to get it better. So some of the things that me and Wayne are just going to keep and keep rolling with it uh, as I was a part of it with Adam. So we're just going to keep trying, you know, we're talking with Lenny Tucker of park Jefferson speedway, part of the new ownership group that came in and has uh, taken ownership as of August 18th. They've redesigned the track. They're adding some camping, that camping area. Is it going to include any electrical? Yes. We're going to uh, run out electrical and stuff. It's going to be, uh, you know, we, we want to be able to bring big races there and we know to have big races, you got to be able to accommodate them. And we're in little old Jefferson, South Dakota. You got to have a place for people want to come where they don't have to worry about driving. If they, you know, have adult beverages, we drink those, uh, 96, 30 packs that we're going to win. Uh, we want to be, uh, be able to be safe. So we're going to put them in a nice campground and make it easy and accessible, put the pits back in the back. 
uh, fixed all the, he's fixing all the roofs and all the building, the clubhouse. Uh, last year, me and Adam reopened the bar and uh, we're just going to keep, just keep improving it. Just keep making it better. My see a 96 uh, parking spots for campers. I'm sorry, not 96. Well, we know what I have on my head. Uh, 53. Yeah. I thought it was closer to 50, but if you, if you got the blueprint. Jeez. I even counted it twice to make sure. I still said 96. <laughs> you can put almost two 12 backs for each oh, camper. Boy. Uh, so, yes, 53 camping spots. I, I, that's a good start. Um, yeah, and, and I, I assume you guys kind of have some tentative plans for maybe expanding it out. Yeah, we do. There's room to grow. We have uh, we have area that's um, right now, like I said, we used to call Lake Jefferson. It's where the horse track stables and stuff was. And uh, it had a low spot, and Butch built it up so it doesn't uh, get water, flood anymore or retain water. But we there's more room to keep building if he, when he wants to. There's also, uh, uh, like, when you move the pits to the back straightaway again, back to where they were back in the day before they cut that stuff all out, um, you're going to free up a lot of the front parking again. Yeah. And right now there's, you know, that whole front parking is, is used most of the time with haulers and stuff for the pits. And then, so you get rid of that, we're going to be able to free up a lot of space and that's what, you know, and, and it's, it's better for the drivers to be in the back straight away. The first, you know, we're, we're going to be out front, you know, on the 15th just cause you know, we, we can't make miracles happen, but mm-hmm. our goal is to have everybody in the back straight away again by the first of the, uh, the first of the racing season next year, we got 12 events already on the, in the book to, to do. And, uh, we're working on some IMCA stuff with them. And, but we want to get people back to feeling great about Park Jefferson feel great about racing and, and local racing in South Dakota. You know, we're the only track, the only state that has the two tracks door to door that race dirt, you know, and, and having that, that great ability and, and watching them, you know, watching us struggle because, you know, there, there's so many hiccups like that, you know? Yeah. So, Nebraska is right there, though. I mean, Nebraska had I-80 and Eagle. It's only 12 miles apart, so that's pretty yeah, close. And I'm telling you, you want to talk about great race tonight. I'm uh, going to be down at the Cornhusk. I'm going to race it the last year. You know, you want to talk about the I-80 Speedway. That is just going to, you know, it's it's no different than when Sunset left. I, I got to go there a couple times as a younger man. and But when – I 80 closes. That's, that is a premier facility that I, I've been to a lot of racetracks, been a lot of racing, done a lot of it, watched a lot of it. I don't think I've ever been to a facility that is just a nicer facility, a hundred percent all the way around than that place. And it's going to be missed. Absolutely. And if you do come down and race their Cornhusker, make sure you come up to the booth or uh, flag down one of the pit reporters. So that way uh, we can get you a little time on the microphone, uh, promoting park Jeff. So, um, perfect. We, uh, yeah, you know, all the help we can get, you know, we're just starting out, putting the money out there though. Wayne's Wayne's already put a lot of cash out on the plate and, and, uh, man, you want to talk about moving a, a clay facility. When you start digging clay, clay's tough to dig. And when it's packed, as long as park's been packed, uh, man, it was hard on equipment. We, uh, we broke a lot of stuff. <laughs> all right. Uh, so late October you've teased that there will be something coming as far as uh, a race. Are you guys still working on putting that together? Yeah. On the October 15th, we're going to announce it tonight uh, that there is going to be an iron cup. We already have the trophies. Um, There is going to be an iron cup. We're working on the purses now with uh, some sponsors. I state big sponsor for that event. They love doing it. So we're working on that now. 
Um, and then uh, you can always tune into, you know, Hart Jefferson's Facebook page or uh, Rusty Wheels, uh, my Facebook page for my, uh, my announcement and my entertainment stuff. And most of my videos go up there. Uh, if you want to see what the track looks like tomorrow, we're going to pack it in, do another test session on it uh, with actual the track being watered down, you know, and packed in versus it being loose. Just to make sure when people show up, they, you know, we don't want anyone to travel down from Minnesota or, you know, far South Dakota, Nebraska, whatever, come to run the Iron Cup and then get there and be out to lunch and not competitive. We want to put that together one time and really, really give it a go at it and see what it does. Fantastic. And I just went and liked the Rusty Wheels page so that way I can keep up to date with everything you have going on as well as Park Jeff. And I suggest everybody go out and make sure you guys like up the Park Jeff Speedway. Uh, Motoplex and Campgrounds Facebook page, just simply under Park Jefferson Speedway. So Iron Cup coming back October 15th. Have you figured out classes yet or are you still working on those? We're going to do um, all five of our normal IMCA classes. Uh, you know, we, we, uh, I know Wayne wanted to talk with uh, uh, some of the late model, that uh, tri-state late model stuff to see if we can get them around. Uh, it, they're pretty tough to add on. Uh, they usually have their stuff out for the year. So it's pretty tough to add a show with them. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things we're going to work on tomorrow uh, over lunch is to see if we can uh, make that work. Cause they put on such a great show back in the, the day when, when uh, park was at its prime, those late models, they'd come up because this man, and they would just, they were just amazing on that track. And yeah. so every time we bring them around, they, they just put on such a great show. What about some uh, race saver sprint car shows or 360 shows, sprint cars, anything like that? We had them with Adam um, a, a couple of years and uh, we'd like to bring them back now that we got the track shortened. You know, that was one of the, the also one of the, the complaints is when the track is so big like that and you bring cars that can get as fast as a, a 360 sprint can and stuff, they, you know, it gets pretty hairy, they say. And so they, now that we shorten it up, we're hoping we can bring back that quality, you know, multi-lane racing where people love racing there and want to be there, you know, and uh, drivers, you know, because you, you increase the drivers that want to show up, you'll increase the people in the stands. So that's, uh, that's always been the, that equation of math. So we're, uh, we're hoping for some of that stuff next. We're going to talk about some of that scheduling and, I would love to bring the 305s and the 360. They, when they're there and they like it and they, they wanted to be there, man, they put on some good racing. So, and that's all it's about, right? And I mean, as a fan, as a, a driver, anytime you go somewhere and you can, you watch a white knuckle race and where you're like, wow, that was a race. And you talk about it for the two hours right home. That's what we want to provide to people again. Fantastic. Lenny Tucker of Park Jefferson Speedway. Man, best of luck to you guys this year. Uh, Let us know whatever we can do to help, and uh, we'll be one of your sounding boards for you. All right. Thank you so much, and I'll see you guys down at the Cornhusker. And remember, if you guys win that 96, Bush Light, I'll take one. (laughs) Sounds good. Thanks, Lenny. Appreciate the time. So once again, that was Lenny Tucker of Park Jefferson Speedway. Great news coming out of there. I I think it kind of sounded like with Lenny's enthusiasm and – um, with uh, with Wayne's backing, it, it should be a, a good formula for a great show. Well, like I said, you know, it looks like they've got the money in place to, to do what they want to do. And, and that's the toughest thing if you're going to start saying, hey, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. Like I said, I worked for that group and they kept making promises and stuff just didn't happen. Yeah. So. 
Yeah, it's uh, it, and that's a tough hill to overcome too. Is uh, dealing with previous mismanagement, but uh, sounds like those guys are heading in the right direction. Mark Jefferson yeah. Speedway on Facebook for more information about their uh, Iron Cup returning. I, Dirk, I think that's actually one of the first uh, announcements we've actually got to make. A lot of times people are like, oh, no, we we got to wait. We can't tell you guys yet, but they dropped it right on the show. Yeah. You know, well, yeah. Normally they tell us we want to come on the show and make an announcement and make it three days later on Facebook or earlier right. on Facebook. <laughs> So maybe we'll have to send uh, Lenny some beer once we win that uh, pallet of beer from Quaker Steak and Lube. <laughs> hey, we're going to be back on Thursday with another edition of the Fred Stretch. Big thanks again to Lenny for joining us, and thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, make sure that you get out of Quaker Steak and Lube and get yourself set for that pallet of beer. Just get your tickets. Talk to one of the waitresses when you're down there enjoying some great food, great sights, and great sounds. Uh, last update for the Alzheimer's Challenge, I was 1100 and. 45 or $1,125 away. So we're getting there slowly, but surely 27 days, 26 days to go as we publish this episode. If you guys can, please donate just $5 to the Alzheimer's Association through my walk. And uh, we're going to get to $10,000. And Jordan Grabowski is going to do the triple atomic challenge at Quaker Steak and Lube. Dirk, is there anything else we need? Yeah, you need to make a reach out down there to, uh, what's it called? Twin Rivers Auto Group. Yeah. That Jordan works for. You need to reach out to his boss for like 1100 bucks. Hey, if you give me 1100 bucks for this charity, your boy Jordo over there has got to uh, down some wings that will make him not come to work for three days. Yeah. Steve Swarthout is who I need to reach out to. Uh, somebody let it slip to me. I didn't know. I knew I knew of Steve through racing, but I didn't know of Steve through that he owned Twin Rivers Ford. Um, so, uh, yeah, I need to. Uh, I definitely need to reach out to Steve, but I, I'm not too worried about getting there. I think the amount of money we've raised so far that uh, if anything, that last Cornhusker Classic weekend, we're going to raise $1,100. But uh, let's not stress out. If we get to it before then, I'll work with Jordan about getting it scheduled and uh, and getting him on to do the Triple Atomic Challenge or Quaker Steak and Lube. Uh, we're going to start doing the, uh, the uh, champions interviews in the next week or two. So, I'd love to do Eagles, and then while he's down there doing Eagles, then uh, Eagles championship interview, then we can just talk about doing the uh, wings too. So uh, well, let's get there. Let's get it done. $1,100 to go. Yeah, well, you're going to do the wings right there on the interview night or what? I, I, think, I, mean, I think that'd be the easiest way to do it, don't you? Well, I mean, that's why you did it that way last year. So mm-hmm. why don't yeah. you just uh, set up the interviews for when? when's your cutoff there? Um, October, October 14th. October 14th. Yep. Well, maybe the first or second Monday after that, why don't you set up the Eagle people? So the seventh, October 17th. Yeah. That's the first Monday or whatever. Yeah. Or Might as well. wait a week through October 24th, I guess. Might you as know, well. either way. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that way you're, you got it out there and, you know, I'll bring the fire extinguisher and, you know, off you guys go. I'm bringing my own gallon of milk this year. Yeah. Well, I was going to say if we, when the pallet of beer, we'll just, you know, have a couple of cases stored in the back. Oh, I wish that, I wish that worked. Oh, I even ate last time. I, so Sarah put these scorpion peppers in the garden last year at the beginning of the year. And the scorpion pepper is what these wings are made out of. Um, along with, I believe the Carolina Reaper. W- weren't we Googling that on the way down to Kansas city? Yeah. Yeah. The Carolina yeah. Reaper right now is supposedly the hottest at, 
what was it? It was like two point three, uh, two point three million Scovilles or something yep. like that. Yep, yep, yep. All I know is it was making my butthole pucker. Just yep. imagining how hot that stuff was. I ate just a little bit of that scorpion pepper, man. I'm telling just a little bit, and I was, <laughs> I had a tub of cottage cheese that I just kept eating, and it's mostly milk. So it, it stops the burn for a little bit, but then it's also something to kind of rub against your mouth to try to get that capsaicin out of there. So I'm going to bring a gallon of milk, maybe a half a gallon of milk and a tub of cottage cheese this year. Uh, and we're going to watch Jordan Grabowski, but uh, eat the triple economy challenge, but we got to get the $1,100 first. And again, guys, all the money goes right to the Alzheimer's association. If you give me cash in the pits, I donate it on Facebook as soon as I can. If you donate through Facebook, I don't believe Facebook takes any kind of uh, transaction fee, but if also you can donate right to the Alzheimer's Association. And I actually just had somebody message me on Facebook while we were recording. Uh, Beth Fox says her mom wants to donate a check, but she wanted to know where she could send it to. So I'll get more information on that. I know they have a check system that you can write in the memo uh, whose uh, fundraiser it goes to that way. Um, it, uh, it gets there and, and, and it gets donated. So checks are also a possibility, cash, credit cards, obviously, but five, 10, $20, that's all we need. And we're going to get there in no time uh, well, for the triple sounds, atomic if, challenge. If it sounds like you're jumping through a bunch of hoops with the check, just have them make it out to you. You've been dumping all this cash in. So yeah, yeah, that's true. You can convert the, the check to cash for, that won't be an issue. I know there's similar to like with your direct deposit in your bank. I know there's a way that you can direct deposit a check into my fundraiser. So I think it's, I have to do it with my app, but I, I have that ability to do that. So I might meet up with Beth and do that deposit for her, but there's always options. And, uh, Turk, uh, I figured out what I think I might do next year to top the triple atomic challenge. Should we talk about it? Or do you want to wait? Um, what for the triple atomic? Go ahead and well, talk about it. Cause, cause I always want to do things a little bit more every year. And, and I think next year I'm going to set a $15,000 goal. Oh yeah. If I, if I get to $15,000, I already know what I'm going to do to entice people. And uh, Sarah, I told Sarah and she goes, you're, you're nuts, but that's awesome. That's really cool. So it's, I'm really excited about it. I, I kind of want to do it similar to like the triple atomic challenge. So we'll see what happens, but. Yeah, I know what I want to do next year for a $15,000 goal. Hopefully we can get there, but we got to get to the 10,001 this year just to get her kicked off. You're going to drink like uh, like three or four lube tubes and eat wings or what? <laughs> do you want to, you mean to announce it now or should we wait? Go ahead and announce it. Let's do it. All right, we'll do it now. I'm going to get the Alzheimer's banner tattooed on my forearm. Yeah, I don't think that's uh, way out there. No, I, I think it's awesome. I want to do it. I, I think it's, I've always wanted to get a forearm tattoo and it just came to me when I was driving back from us 30 on Saturday. And I thought, I think I'm going to get the Alzheimer's, but I got to get a certain amount of money. So I think, yeah. I think it's going to be a $15,000 goal. You also need to go to the gym and get some forearms. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'll get the forearms first. We'll do the tattoo next year. <laughs> All right, that's going to do it for us today. Big thanks to Quaker Steak and Lube, the official watering hole of the French front stretch for all of their support. Thanks to Rick Haberidge of Wealth Partners for continuing to support the Pick'ems Contest. Don't forget, 
um, to get your picks on on time for this Sunday's race for uh, NASCAR. And uh, it is at auto, uh, excuse me, at Texas Motor Speedway. Uh, picks are going to be due by 2.30 Central Time. We'll talk more about that on Thursday, but big thanks to Rick Havenridge. Find out what Rick can do for you, rickhavenridgeadvice.com. And I got some good news for the computer company. I started it to help build iRacing computers at an affordable price. Uh, unfortunately, with COVID and the supply shortages and cryptocurrency mining, uh, video cards were ridiculous. So it was about $2,500 for a decent computer. That has dropped to about $1,500 to $1,700 for a decent iRacing computer. It's the end of the race season. If you're looking to get into it, give me a call today, 402-659-5641. I've got two or three computers I got to get done in the next couple of weeks. So uh, things are starting to pick up and prices are starting to come down. So if you guys are interested, reach out to me. I'll quote you a price for what you need. Uh, and of course, uh, thanks again to Joe's Carding for all their continued support. Get over to Joe's Carding and Council Bluffs for all the white knuckle indoor cart racing your adrenaline system can handle. Dirk, what else you got? Anything else? Nope. Uh, we just got another three to carve out, uh, four, excuse me, to carve out of that championship run there for the NASCAR title. Yeah. I'm thinking uh, a couple of those guys that just kind of squeaked by this time mm-hmm. are probably going to go ahead and disappear. I think Daniel Suarez, um, I think it was meant for him to be out this round, but it just didn't happen. So I think he's going to disappear. Um, I think Austin Cedric's going to disappear. He has not run good, and I don't remember him doing anything exciting at Texas. Mm-hmm. One thing that I am looking forward to with the type of track Texas is, is to see if they can put a fourth non-playoff winner in a mm-hmm. row. Yeah. Maybe with uh, Corey LaJoy. Okay. You know, I mean, Texas is a sister to Atlanta, and I think it was Atlanta where he had his big run. So here's the bubble drivers. I mean, really, Chase Elliott's the only one that's really comfortable. He's 40 points above the cut line. Well, not 40 points. He's 31 points above. But Byron, Hamlin, Bell, and Blaney, as they start Texas, are above the cut line. Those are the four cars above the cut line. Four of the cars above the cut line. Below the cut line, Briscoe, Bowman, Suarez, and Sindrick. You've already got Suarez and Sindrick being eliminated. Who else? Um, Bowman should be a lot higher up than he was. I mean, he was just a bad spot at Bristol. He got involved in something that, you know, wasn't of his making. He didn't have an issue. He was just in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Yeah. I think he's going to squeak by because I think he'll, I think he'll do real good. I think, uh, matter of fact, I think the four Hendricks cars are going to be pretty impressive at Texas. I mean, they were, they were all pretty good at, uh, at Kansas last time you know, a couple of weeks ago. So I think they'll be pretty good down there. Uh, so along with Suarez and Sendrick, I think Chase Briscoe could be in trouble. Um, and I think Martin Truex is in trouble in the Toyota camp. Well, Truex isn't even in the playoffs. Oh, that's right. He's not even in there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Hamlin then? Um, no, Hamlin and Bell are solid. And Kyle Busch is already out. So, yep. yeah, I, I don't think those – I think those Toyotas are in pretty good shape. Uh, um Logano's got good tracks coming up for yeah. him. So it's going to be tough for him to get kicked out, but you know, his year hasn't been, you know, exceptional. So I'm going to go ahead and throw him in there with uh, Suarez. Cause I think, I think Ross Chastain 
He's just the type of driver, unless Hamlin really beats him up a couple races, I think he gets out into the final four. I really do. Yeah. So who's uh, your who's your fourth then? Suarez, Sendrick, Briscoe, and Logano. Logano. Really? Logano. Yep. Doable. Uh he's only got a 25 point advantage going into or 25 point bonus points going into this round. So he's 12 points above the cut line right now. Uh excuse me, not 12 points, uh 14 points. Basically, what I'm kind of doing is trading places with him and Bowman. Yeah. I've got Byron, Blaney, Briscoe, and Suarez going out. Yeah. I didn't think about Blaney. He's in kind of a slump right now, but he is. Uh, and he, the, he, he's good at Texas. So the other thing is, by the way, we're going to run out of time here. We're down to a minute. Um, Texas, Talladega, Charlotte, that really plays into the big teams' favors. So I think we're, yeah, we're going to see um, Blaney will be the surprise. I think Byron will get eliminated and then uh, Briscoe and Suarez next for me. And you're going to kick out Byron too, huh? Yeah. The bone. Byron. Okay. I think Bowman's consistent enough. He'll stay. All right. That's going to do it for us. We'll talk more about this on Thursday and uh, thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back on Thursday with another episode of the front stretch presented by Joe's carding. The official watering hole of the front stretch has you covered any day of the week with the best wings, great burgers, and amazing steaks. Each weekday from 4 to 6 is happy hour, featuring dollar off draft and well drinks plus $4 Luberitas. Mondays are kids night. Tuesdays are all-you-can-eat wings for $12.95, and the lube even delivers to the Council Bluffs area. Like Quaker Steak and Lube Council Bluffs on Facebook for a full list of weekly events. Get to Quaker Steak and Lube. Mid-America Drive, Council Bluffs. Every race car driver has run into the same problem. It's well past normal parts store closing hours, but you need that one to finish your car. The guys who brought you White Knuckle Racing by the River bring you Joe's Karting Racing Parts and Tire Store. Open until 10 p.m. Monday to Thursday and open until 11 p.m. on Friday and Saturday. A parts store that fits your after-hours schedule and you can turn a few laps at Joe's Karting while you're waiting for your part to get pulled from their warehouse. Joe'sKarting.com for more information. 